Hello, and hey, welcome to all of our listeners or viewers tuning in to our podcast. This is Positive Vibes from the Valley, and I'm your host, Ryan. I work for the Northwestern Prevention Collaborative uh, as a community liaison and training coordinator. Um, this podcast, Positive Vibes from the Valley, actually focuses on SAMHSA's eight dimensions of wellness, and that uh, consists of emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational, and social. Today is our second episode of season two. I'm very excited. We're going to be talking about spiritual wellness, and we brought in our special guest today, Mr. Mike Williams. Michael Williams, how are you doing today, brother? Doing great, bud. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Hey, thanks for being here. I got to tell you, I was super excited uh, after our very first phone call, actually. Uh, Just had a great conversation with you. Really, just really enjoyed uh, the flow of the conversation, kind of how things were going uh, back and forth, and I and I knew you would be you would be great on this podcast. Um, so before we delve, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just said happy to help. Yeah, well, hey, we're we're definitely really happy to have you here. And and before we delve in, uh, just just a couple things that that really stood out to me. I thought was really interesting. Uh, I'll be honest, I thought it was really interesting about you attending Oxford uh, and, and attending the University of Wales. And then, you know, hearing that you have over 30 years of experience in education, uh, you know, teaching world religions, doing all sorts of different stuff. Michael, why don't you tell tell all of our listeners a little bit more about yourself? I'm sure you can do a better job than I can. Uh, sure. Um, it was a roundabout way. It's, it's um, I, I kind of got into I got into education through a back door. I, I originally wanted to be a police officer and work in crimes against children until I became a police officer and worked in crimes against children. And then realized, <laughs> yeah, and realized, man, as this is this is not for me, man. And um, you know, in a little bit, a little some some situations, some PTSD, and um, it just it was time to get out. And um, God bless people that can do that, but I'm just not one of them. Um, Got my degree from uh, Virginia Commonwealth University in administration of justice and public safety. And um, I always wanted to work with kids. That wasn't the issue. It was just the manner in which I went. Uh, I started my professional career um, was uh, was very traumatic at burnout rates high. And um, I just said, you know, there's got to be a different way that I can work with kids than, than through this. And um, so I, I talked to some people I trusted and I got connected with the school system as a school resource officer and uh and through that took some classes that i needed to take so i could get certified to teach and um and then became a uh, an alternative ed teacher at john hanley high school um and then from there uh, i was uh i was kind of headhunted by uh the the former commandant at randolph macon academy who just happened to be sitting next to my wife and I at church one Sunday, and we just started talking about kids. He invited me out to lunch, and next thing I knew, 20 years had gone by, and I was uh, the director of student life at Randolph-Macon Academy. And somehow in the middle of that, in um, my early 40s, um, I don't know if it was an epiphany, a brain fart, or something else, but uh, I, I just uh, it's one of those times, one of the few times in my life I felt like, God uh, said, do this and trust me. And I'm a pretty defiant guy. Uh, so I didn't really dig that. And um, 
because my whole life, I, I, people have been saying, you should go to seminary, you should do this, you should do that. And I was one of those guys, anytime somebody told me I should do something, I looked for every reason I could not to do it. Um, that's just always kind of a, you know, kind of a what you see is what you get type guy and um, kind of my own person. And But anyway, through that, in my 40s, I, I kind of felt this edging and I was like, all right, well, let me see. If I apply to these schools and they don't accept me, uh, maybe people will leave me alone about going to seminary. So I applied to Duke and to Oxford, figuring, okay, they're not going to accept me. I'll make this a quick, a quick turnaround. Well, Duke, Duke turned me down in no time, and then I, I get this the big envelope from mm -hmm. uh, Oxford, and I open this thing up, and they offered me a position in this um, twenty-four person cohort program they were doing with uh, people from various religions around the world and um, and uh, pretty much like two per religion and then two different mentalities from those religions um, to, to go through a, a four-year course together, two years for philosophy and two years for theology. Um, so anyway, after getting over being angry that I was accepted to Oxford, um, you know, and laughing myself through that, I was like, well, I can't, can't turn this down now, I guess. So, uh, so I took it and, um, it was, it was, you know, the first few months was actually kind of fun because, yeah, I, we, it was mostly online, but we, uh, had a cohort and we communicated with our, um, with our classmates through what was then Skype and, uh, did that. And, um, and then of course, Facebook messenger comes in and then, yeah, so that made it a lot easier, but we still had to show up four times a year um, to meet with our fellow students, meet with our professors, discuss, debate, et cetera. And that was fine for the people that were in their 20s, um, which was everybody except me. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, so I kind of felt like the oddball out most of the time. But yeah, I, I still keep up with a lot of my classmates. And um, But uh, I was kind of looked more at like dad, I think, than, than I was a fellow classmate. Um, I hung out more with my professors than I did my fellow classmates. But um, uh, after finishing at um, uh, Wycliffe Hall, which is a part of Christ Church College at Oxford, um, I went to the university. The second uh, part of the program was the theology part at the University of Wales. I'll be honest with you, Ryan, if, if I had it to do over again, I would have just done the two years at Wales. Um, it was it was nicer. It was more relaxed. I, I really enjoyed the culture more, um, and it, I just didn't feel I didn't feel like I really fit in um, with the with the crowd at Oxford. And I don't, I don't know if it was them, me, combination of both or what. But at Wales, I truly felt like I was just accepted for who I was, which has always been a lifelong challenge for me. And as we talk about spiritual wellness. Um, that was probably the place where I came to realize, you know, I'm going to be all right. And um, so much to the tune that I refused to perish. Uh, when I, when I finished and I got ordained, um, I was offered to perish uh, in, in my British hometown um, in England. And it just didn't make sense for me. I, I felt like I would have taken it for all the wrong reasons. And I just said, you know, I've got a little parish back home in front royal at this school this little school on a hill and you know i go to a gazebo and i hang out and kind of feel like that's my parish and sometimes i drive people around in the car and i feel like that's my parish <laughs> i feel like my home's my parish 
And, um, you know, so I guess I'm an oddball when it comes to that part of it. And, um, I just look at, I just look at ministry differently than I guess some people. And, um, I just, you know, St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. And, and I think as part of you know, my spiritual well-being and my journey, I've found that if I'm not living the life that I f- feel like I espouse uh, within the faith that I choose to espouse, then the last thing I need to be doing is running my mouth. So I know how I can be when I start jabbering. Um, and I, I'm, I, I get nervous when I get in a pulpit because people say, you never know what Michael's going to say. The problem is Michael doesn't always know what Michael's going to say. And then <laughs> and I have to, I have to look around and realize, oh, wait, I'm in a church, man. I can't say that here, you know? So, um, so that, that's kind of where Brandon, as far as the full circle, uh, I took a break from education about four years ago, started my own business. And, um, and then I, I really missed the kids. And I had an opportunity here um, to to serve kids from my community here where my wife and I choose to live uh, at uh, E. Wilson Morrison Elementary School in Front Royal. And I, I serve the most beautiful children in the world. I mean, 90 percent of the kids at our school, the better below the poverty level. But, um, you know, I, I don't see them as poor kids. I just see them as children and um, that they want to be loved and. I know for six to seven hours a day, those kids have got some serious, serious spiritual wellness going on. And, you know, that we have the fine line, you know, of, of where we can go in terms of how we talk to kids. And, and it should there should be that. But but uh, every child that comes to that school knows that they're loved. And um, uh, for me, that's more important than than trying to read a Bible to them or or, uh, you know, or, or, or tell them what I think about this or that. Well, Michael, a few things for you there. Uh, really interesting there, just kind of hearing how you start off just with a, an interest and a, and a love for being and working with the youth and, and kiddos in general and how, you know, what a wild adventure and journey to go through. And you kind of almost end up full circle and serving the youth in a different capacity, maybe than maybe than you ever expected, you know. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Yeah, for, for me, for me, it's, it's, I mean, I don't, you know, some people would, would cringe at me saying, I feel like, I feel like I've always been in ministry and, um, but I do, I mean, I, I feel like everything I do is supposed to, supposed to be in ministry and whether it's my family or whatnot. And, that, and that's not, that's not to proselytize or, you know, try to tell somebody they need to have the same, same faith that I have, but in terms of my spiritual well-being, uh, which I believe is the the overall focus of why we're here, um, you know, knowing who I am and knowing what I feel like I have a gift for, and using that gift to the to the highest level I possibly can um, is very important to me. I, I I thought when I was I thought when I was a kid I was going to be a baseball player, you know, and then I blew my legs and my knees and went. Uh, that kind of took care of that, you know, but, um, I always knew that I wanted to work with kids. I just, I just never really knew how, and being confined to four walls as a, as a pastor just didn't make sense to me. Thank God for my pastor. Thank God for pastors worldwide, but it just wasn't for me. And, um, and I, I just, I was just going to say, and for me, I, I even struggled. There was a long time with in my life where I struggled with religion, period, in terms of, um, 
uh, organized religion. I just, you know, I like a lot of people in, in today's world, I've seen the corruption, I've seen the hypocrisy. I, I drew, I allowed myself to draw a lot of the negatives out of it. Um, and and I, I, I refuse to allow myself to see some of the positives. Um, and I was at a few places where, quite frankly, it was really hard to find some positives because of the way people behaved. And yeah, I, I don't, and this isn't to be arrogant, but I, I, I've got better things to do than to wake up early on a Sunday morning and go sit in the, go sit in the building and take a nap. You know, I can take a good nap at home, you know? So I, I just, for a while, especially during COVID, you know, we, my wife and I would watch some things on church and, you know, I'd fall asleep there and um, whatever. But, um, you know, and for many years, I pretty much just went because my wife said, you know, get yourself in the car. We're going to church. And I just didn't feel like arguing with my wife. So, so I went, but um, in terms of, again, the spiritual wellness, you know, for me, it was just being honest about what I saw, about what I heard. And I was sitting around with a bunch of almost like-minded people. And I'm thinking, you know, these aren't bad people, but, but I agree with most of them. So, you know, what's the point, <laughs> you know, and, and if I just want to sit around with a bunch of like-minded people, I, I can go to a bar and have a pretty good time. So, you know, I, that's not, you know, and, and there's a lot of people and for a lot of people, bar is their church. Um, you know, people, people seek, people seek acceptance in different ways. And I never, I don't know that I ever really sought acceptance. And I think maybe that's part of my, you know, part of my thing is that um, I always tried to make other people feel that they were accepted regardless of who they were. One thing you're on here a lot and that, that I'd kind of like to hit you with too. So you've talked a lot about, and we've mentioned it several times, hey, spiritual wellness. One of the things I like to remind our viewers and listeners every time that we we do one of these episodes is the textbook definition of spiritual wellness or, or whatever the respective dimension is. Uh, I just always think that's an interesting contrast a little bit from, you know, the, the textbook to experience. So uh, SAMHSA defines the spiritual wellness dimension as a broad concept that represents one's personal beliefs and values and involves having meaning, purpose, and a sense of balance and peace. Uh, it includes recognizing our search for meaning and purpose in human existence and development, developing an appreciation for life and the natural forces that exist within the universe. Whew. Michael, that's a big deal. And it's interesting that you say, I feel like spiritual wellness um, and, and something that the viewers will hear over and over again is, is this idea of balance and how all the dimensions of wellness work together, you know, in a cohesive manner to produce an overall, hopefully well individual. And the spiritual wellness can, can get overlooked. Um, there can be that, you know, aversion almost to a, a religiosity sort of sense. There can be, you know, Michael, just, just to use you as, a, as an example, um, after attending seminary school, you know, you, you mentioned prior to that, you know, having some clashes internally you're, you're, with your own spiritual wellness. So you've mentioned several times kind of about your journey into this, I guess, keeping this textbook definition in mind, simply put, if you were talking to a person who maybe, you know, is a blank slate, how would you try to explain what spiritual wellness is? What does it mean? What do you, what do you think about that, Michael? I know you've mentioned it a couple of times. I just want your take. 
Well, the first thing I'd tell them is to stop reading the textbook definitions um, because <laughs> you know, we're, we're all we're all different, um, you know, and, and, and we all have our different personalities. We all have our different version of what morality and ethics are. And, you know, I, I can look at the textbook definition and I can I can try and formulate who I am within that definition. Um, but in terms of how I look at it holistically, overall, whatever, the first thing I would want to say, and this may throw some people for a loop, and if my pastor sees it, she's going to you know, probably call me into her office. But I, I don't believe you need religion to be a spiritual person. Um, and some people get really upset with me when I say that. I, I, I mean, for me, it certainly helps. And I'm very, I'm, I'm apologies for my faith. I make no apologies for the religion I espouse. But religion is not my God. And I think one of the things that makes people very spiritually unwell is that two people, their religion, their God. And they get so focused on the tenets of that religion that they fail to take the personality they've been blessed with and just go live a decent life and be a decent human being. And we've seen it. With, with, quite frankly, look at the many different denominations within the faith that I espouse within Christianity. I mean, you go around the corner, you've got this Baptist, that Baptist, this Methodist, that Methodist, the Wiscopalians, the Episcopalians. You know, I mean, you've got this version of Catholicism, this version of Catholicism. And, and, and I think, <laughs> and quite frankly, I think the person who my faith centers around is just sitting up in glory going, you know, I mean, I think he's just, I think he's just like, what are you all doing? You know, I just told you to love each other, man. <laughs> you know, I, and, and I tell people I'm in love, I'm in love with an old Jewish carp, with a Jewish carpenter who wore flip flops and tattered clothing and stood on a hillside and said, Hey man, who's hungry? You know, and, and, and that's the way for me, the simplicity of that allows me to try and be as spiritually well as I can, because I try really hard to keep it simple. And Working with children my entire life has fortunately put me in somewhat of a bubble where I have no choice but to keep it simple. Um, for a long time, when, and I'll tell you that the four years that I didn't work with kids, um, I was really not, I was not a spiritually well person. And, and it really, had, I don't know if it had anything to do with my faith. I think it had to do with the fact that I wasn't doing what I loved. And I wasn't fulfilled. And the gifts that I felt like I had been given, I wasn't using. And um, and some of that was my own my own doing. Uh, some of it was 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 other otherwise imposed. But in the end, I could have kept working with kids if I wanted to, and I chose to take a break. And and I probably needed a break for a year or two because I was I was tired, I was burned out. But then I became complacent, and Within that complacency, I just, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I just started becoming angry with the world, angry with me. I'd go to church and sit there and I would just criticize everything that was said internally. I didn't say a whole lot to my wife until we got home. And I felt bad because I felt, because my wife is the most spiritually well person I know. Um, and, and, and no, no, my wife, if I never knew that my wife had, um, the faith and spirituality and the walk of life that she has had, to, to, she would still be the most beautiful human being in the world to me just because of the way she lives her life. 
Um, you know, and I remember when uh, years ago, and I'll just use this as an example. Mother Teresa one time was was ripping apart um, her feelings about a specific social issue and a specific um, uh, life choice issue, and instead of debating her about that, um, I mean it differed with uh, the president at the time who was Bill Clinton, and setting aside my thoughts about that, he just stood up afterwards and he said, how can you argue with a life so well lived? And, um, you know, and, and it really took me for a, for a loop because they, those two had some really strong differences about that specific issue. And, um, and that being said, the respect that he saw for her and the spiritual goddess that she was, um, you know, he was allowed to he was allowed to see beyond the argument they had, and and recognize and recognize her for that. Um, trying to circle that back to, to me and and my journey. I, I think as you try to define spiritual wellness, I think it's up to the individual. Um, I, I think it's important for people certainly to find what they have a passion for, uh, or find something to have a passion for, preferably something positive. Um, some people like my grandmother in, from England loved gardening. Uh, she was happiest when she was in her garden. She lived to be 94 years old because she just she'd go out in the morning and play in her garden and she made it to 94 years old. Um, you know, I, there are people in my life that love to cook. Um, I can't stand, I can't stand cooking. I, you know, I, I, I love to eat, but, uh, but um, that, that's not my idea of a good time. And, but some people find their happy place with that. Uh, I just happen to work with kids for a living, and that's my happy place. Um, and I enjoy hanging out with my wife and, my, and our dog, and I like going to the beach. Uh, you know, but for somebody who might not, that might not be their thing, or they may not have the means to do some of the things other people can do, you can still figure out what makes you feel fulfilled. I, I have a, a family at the school that I work with that that has next to nothing, and yet the father every weekend take just takes his boys fishing you know he takes them fishing not just because he loves to fish but because um it's a cheap way to feed his family you know and he enjoys fishing and um he's th this next week they're going rifle hunting and um he's and he's you know safely taught but that, that's how he defines spiritual wellness is spending time with his kids that's when he true that's when that gentleman truly feels like he is the most at peace and the most fulfilled is when he is with his boys. And, um, you know, and for me, it's, it's, it's working with kids and, and it's making sure that I understand to keep myself in check, to try and not oversimplify what really is a very simple concept and just trying to be happy with who I am and what I do and understanding that if the happiest part of my day is when I go to sleep at night, I need to put, I need to check myself and find out what's going on. And I need to check something really quick. Otherwise I'm going to be in somebody else's office at Northwest prevention services. And it, it's going to be a, a really sad conversation. Well, I, I, I a couple things there that uh, I'd like to hit on. So the first one, and, and this was just some of the things I was taking from, uh, some of the different things you were saying there. So 
one of the things we were looking at, you, you refer to a few people as spiritually well, you know, what, and I guess so my first question for you is when thinking of someone who is spiritually well, are you thinking that makes them look or they feel fulfilled? I like how you said, Hey, that's, it's a, it's simple and it's kind of different for every person. What, in your opinion, I guess would make someone qualify for being spiritually well. And the follow-up question is for you. So we just talked about how it can be overlooked and how maybe this one's not in balance. So why should we care? Right? Like, so what does it mean to be spiritually well? What could that look like maybe? And why should we care to be spiritually well? Why should we care if this one's in balance? Say hey, I'm not, but uh, spirituality is not important to me. Sorry. Right. What, what would you say to the person who, who says that to you? Um, so sorry, I threw a couple different questions. No, 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 that's OK. Let me let me start with let me start with the, what I think was the first part. And that's that if you don't look forward to waking up in the morning um, and you otherwise do not have an ailment, uh, you need to go get some help. Uh, because to me, that's unwell, period, whether you call it spiritually unwell um or any type of other unwell uh you can't be spiritually unwell you can't be spiritually well if, if you're not at least trying to to live a healthy life um and and i say that because for the longest time i was a pretty unhealthy guy uh for four years i i'd you know i'd wake up when i woke up and i'd go to bed when i went to bed and you know and i ballooned weight wise and I'm just now finally losing a lot of the weight that I gained because I just didn't care. It's like, well, you know, I, I, I'm making money and I'm paying the bills and that's supposed to really matter. Um, but I realized through that, that I really didn't, I didn't look forward to getting up in the morning. I didn't really not look forward to it. I just kind of like, okay, when can, you know, when, when, when do I have to work? I hope, you know, they give me a good hope they pay well. And, you know, when I get home, I'll go back to binge watching Sanford and Son or the Jeffersons or whatever I'm watching. And when I go to bed, I'll go to bed. And if you're just going through the motions of life, um, that is that's not a well period, whether you call it spiritual or something else. In terms of being in terms of adding the spiritual part of being well for me. And, and again, I can only speak for Michael is. I knew what I loved doing the most, and that was working with young people. I'm trying to remind myself that at age of five, the day is going to come when I'm not going to be able to work with young people. So how do I transition? Um, you know, do I go out and do I start taking up golf, even though I'm horrible at it? Do I just go watch a bunch of baseball games or something and, you know, which costs money? Um, you know, what can I do? within my means to make myself feel fulfilled. And I start looking at who are the older people in my life that, that I respect and what are they doing with themselves to, to keep themselves happy. Um, and I see a lot of them that just like to walk. They like to walk their dogs. Uh, they, my grandma liked to play in her garden. My, my 80 year old mother loves to be in her garden. Um, you know, she enjoys being outside. Uh, she enjoys spending time with her husband. Um, she loves going to the beach. And so they're going to the beach uh, in January for three months. And um, but 
not everybody has the financial means to do some of the things that, you know, that my mother is, is fortunate to be able to do. So that's when I revert back to the gentleman who's the father of some of my students who finds things that he can do that he enjoys and he tries to share that love with his boys. Um, so I, I guess that, that that's a very long way of saying find something that matters to you. Find something you have a passion for. My wife's going to be the most awesome retired person in the world because she loves to read. She could read up when we were down, when we were home with COVID shut down. Um, my wife read 19 books in one month. Okay. I don't know that I read, I, I read probably that many in seminary because I had to, um, I don't think I've read 19 books since I left seminary. Um, I don't know that I've read nine books since I left seminary. I watched my wife read 19 books and my wife was very happy and she had a good time. And I watched, I binge watched The Walking Dead and um, probably not the healthiest way to deal with a pandemic, but <laughs> different strokes for different folks made me realize, hey, life could be worse. And um but it, it really, but my wife and I also went on walks together. She was like, we've got to get out of this house. So we went on walks and I really enjoyed being outside walking with my wife and just, just laughing and giggling. And, you know, we, we go on date nights still. And, um, you know, sometimes we just go up to Skyline Drive or just ride around and, and look at the beauty and look at the beauty that we've been blessed with in the Northern Shenandoah Valley. And, um, you know, for us, that's helping us be spiritually well, because, we choose to look at we choose to look at our earth and we choose to be thankful for what we call creation. And um, and so for us, looking at the leaves changing, looking at the leaves falling in the water, looking at how life transitions, especially in Virginia with the four seasons. Um, for me, that helps me be spiritually well and helps me realize, OK, as I get older, you know, am I going to be OK just enjoying watching the seasons change? And go to the beach occasionally and just walking around with my wife. And if our TV blows, am, am I going to be okay watching my wife read or am I going to take a reading or what? And I realized, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I don't know if I'm going to take a reading, but, um, you know, there are certain things I enjoy reading, but, but I love to be outside. I love to walk. And, and I think that's helped me find what for me is spiritual wellness. And, it's not to take the religious part out of it, but again, it's nothing against the religion, but I don't believe that you need religion to be spiritually well. That's a great point. And I love hearing the, uh, the simplicity, you know, that you keep emphasizing. And I know you didn't like the, the textbook definition, but one thing I do have to point out there is, you know, right there in like the first sentence, it says it represents one's personal beliefs and 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 values that have meaning and purpose right that personal aspect and you've touched on it so many times about how you know that can vary from person to person but one thing i, I continually hear you know is about uh, you know finding and fulfilling that meaning and that purpose and it reminds me there's an author um and a psychiatrist i always really like victor frankel and he said, a man with, with a why can live with anyhow, you know? So I think that speaks to that, that purpose a bit there. Um, and, and the question I have for you now, and you've, you've talked about it a little bit, and I like how you've definitely kept it simple, 
But this is a question, and again, I know you you kind of sought a little bit to separate that religious aspect from that spiritual aspect. With spiritual wellness taking different shapes and forms, how how would spiritual wellness be applicable to different cultures, different creeds? How do we basically say, hey, you know, Michael is telling you this from his personal position, but this is why it's important sure. regardless, sure. right? Regardless I'm, I'm really glad. I'm really glad you asked that because as much as I love my faith, I really enjoy talking about other faiths. And um, and when I was teaching world religions at Randolph Bacon Academy, it was important for me to make was important to me to make sure all of my students understood that not everybody in that room was alike. And one of the one of the glories of working up there is that we have kids from all over the world. Um, you have Christians, you have Buddhists, you have Hindus, you have Muslims, you have Taoist, Confucian, um, and and you have atheists and agnostics. And you know we're finding more and more. Uh, atheists and agnostics, and um, that's a different that's a different conversation in terms of people deciding what relevancy uh, religion has in their life. And so the conversation I then try to have is, okay, well let's take religion out of the picture, um, and let's just talk about faith and spirituality. And some and at first at first they look at you like you've got twelve heads, like wait a minute, they all have to be alive. No, actually they don't. Um, and when I, I have some dear friends that are Buddhists that will tell you, focus on your breathing, um, focus on happiness, uh, find out every, every day, find something to be happy about. And when you go to sleep, um, say to yourself, man, I wish there was more time in the day. And then when you wake up in the morning, be happy that you woke up. And if you're not happy that you woke up, figure out why and correct it. And it, it again, getting back to simplicity, it's awesome. You know, and, um, you know, if you look at, you look, you look at Taoism, the yin, the yang, for every in, there's an out, for every out, there's an in. And, and I try to help people understand that it's not just one way, one, uh, you know, one, one size fits all for everybody. Um, I look at I look at Islam, and a lot of people, for for re, for reasons that also would look at Christianity as a violent religion, would see Islam as a violent religion, and but sadly, so many people stop don't stop to look at the 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 Sunni uh, or Sufi the Sufi version of Islam, which is a very mystical, um, a very a deeply spiritual, peaceful. Uh, introspective type means of thinking and living your life. And when you look at the eight pillars of Islam, if you if you allow yourself to stop thinking about all the negative things you believe about Islam and about the radical part of, just like I would say to people who only think of Christianity as people bombing abortion clinics, uh, the, in, the Inquisitions, the, the Crusades, and um, you know nowadays a bunch of politicians throwing throwing Christianity out there like it's whatever, and they have no more concept of who Jesus Christ was <laughs> than than this glass of water right here, you know, and and you know and stop looking at that and look at who you are, 
And if you want to attach that to a faith or a religion, then explore them all and look at which one makes the most sense for you. Um, and if one of them does make sense and that's going to help you become a spiritually fulfilled person, then please, by all means, do that as long as it's peaceful. Um, and there's different religions that differ with me uh, that would argue that they worship the same God, um, whatever God is. And that's fine with me, too. Um, I, I don't I, I've tried so hard not to even ask somebody what religion they espouse, because even if they say they espouse the same one as mine, after about a half hour of conversation, I, I, I sometimes don't know how to take the person. <laughs> and I'm sure they probably might not know how to take me. Um, I'd rather just have a nice, peaceful conversation with a human being, uh, whether it's over a beer, a cup of coffee, you know, a glass, a glass of water, whatever, whatever, a nice cup of tea. And just to know them as a human being. And I, and I think that's where we've become lost as a society where we, we don't take the time anymore to just sit and have a pleasant conversation with somebody that, that doesn't involve politics or something that leads to vitriol. And, and I tell you, this thing right here, some would call the Antichrist, you know, depending on how you want to define that. Um, you know, and you look at you look at how. Uh, a lot of people in Islam are, are weary of vaccines and whatnot because they look at some of the people that are coming in to try and give the vaccines and they spend a lot of time on this thing, watching the news and seeing all the bad that there is about the stereotype of the person that's coming in to try and give them a vaccine. And when, it, when the reality is the person just cares and is trying to help their child not get sick whether it's polio, COVID, or something like that. And, you know, I hate to, I hate to pull out John Lennon's uh, song, Imagine, but imagine if there was no religion. You know, imagine if we could, if we could just love each other, man. And, and, if, and if we could be who we are and be respectful of that, but then not disrespect somebody because of what they are, as long as they're peaceful and it, just because it differs with us. Um, you know, what's the big whoop? And from that, it's been amazing seeing young people, not as much older people, but seeing how accepting of one another young people are to have that conversation. And we can learn a heck of a lot from it if we would get over ourselves and stop thinking that because we're who we are, that we have all the answers. I was going to say, just to, just to kind of uh, touch base with what you were saying a moment ago, you know, calling back to that original definition about you know, spiritual wellness being one's personal beliefs and values and personal meaning and personal fulfillment, right? Uh, with all that constant distractions from, from external sources, how is there ever any time really to figure out what that is, right? When there's so many things out there telling us what to think, what to feel, what to prioritize, what to value. And if you don't take that time, you know, to set aside for yourself and simply say, hey, what, what's important to me? What's important in my life? What gives my life meaning and purpose? You know, what a what a simplistic answer to this question, you know, that that's been posed. So, uh, Michael, just kind of wrapping up here. Are there any last um, thoughts or comments that maybe you'd want to share for all of our listeners 
the thing that I usually say, if you leave out of here and you don't remember a thing and you're like, who are those two weirdos talking? What's the one thing that you would like, you know, listeners just to take with them after this? Well, I'll, I'll give a couple. Um, the first one would be uh, just a simple quote from Aesop. And he said, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. And, um, you know, find a reason to be kind. Uh, it's not always it's not always healthy to be nice. That's a horrible thing to say sometimes. But being nice and being kind are two different things. Sometimes we stress ourselves out over being nice because we just want to please everybody. Um, but being kind is a different, a different story. Um, I've had to apologize to a lot of people in my life for not being kind. And, and for me, quite frankly, part of my wellness is being man enough to say, hey, I was wrong. I could have treated you better. I'm so sorry. Um, and being willing to accept that from other people, uh, being willing to forgive, uh, be, being willing to be kind, even to people who are not kind to you. Uh, and, and finally, I would just, as weird as this may sound, find as many people as you can that disagree with you and figure out how to be friends with them and how to be friendly with them. You might not always agree, and that's, and that's okay. But I think part of people's journey right now is that there's such there's, there's such a divide in how we look at how we think we have to think because we've allowed a television or we've allowed a newspaper or we've allowed someone else's ideal to become our own. And figure out what your ideal is. Get out and actually get to know some people. And don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion and find out if, God forbid, there's something else you can talk about. And you'll be amazed at how much you actually have in common. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. You know, one, of the, uh, one of the rules we used to talk about in my undergraduate was the, the sum of five, you know, where the sum of the five people that we choose to surround ourselves with. And I just noticed you had, had mentioned that several times and I, and I thought that was great. Um, well, Michael, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. I, I get to interview some of the greatest people. And I, I knew I just I had a feeling, man, the first phone conversation we had, I was like, this is a guy that I really want to talk to, uh, you know, referencing that sum of five, right? Where the five people we surround ourselves with. I'm really glad that you were one of the people that was with me tonight, man. I, I really appreciate your insight uh and your guidance i know our listeners will appreciate it i just feel lucky i'm always really grateful to be in this out this this chair and and learn more for, from some great people and michael i love your approach i love just the way uh the way you approach life period but specifically this approach to spiritual wellness i knew you'd be a great guest and not to toot my own horn here but I was definitely on point. Uh, you, you were phenomenal. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your evening. This is a Friday evening, an, an hour away uh, to spend with me. I know it's been a ton of fun, uh, but I just, like I said, I really appreciate it. And you've really helped highlight just how important spiritual wellness is and, and how that balance really does play a crucial role in all of our lives, regardless, again, of any walk of life that we come from this dimension as with the others, you know, definitely has its place in that balance. Um, 
Just really quick, one thing I do want to do, I do want to encourage, if you liked what you heard here today, definitely make sure you check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out our website. We have uh, northwesternprevention.org. That's nwprevention.org. We have a lot of great resources on there. Of course, you can find other episodes of this podcast. Um, and Michael, again, man, I just want to say thank you so much for, for your time this evening. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Ryan. Let's let's get together sometime away from this and this just share a meal together. That'd be great. That'd be great. Well, with all that being said, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Michael, thanks again for your time and hope you all enjoyed our episode today on spiritual wellness and make sure you guys tune back in for more positive vibes from the Valley. I'm your host, Ryan. Thanks, guys. <laughs>